Hello, friends, and welcome to a spring training episode Woo. of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Pitchers and catchers are reporting tomorrow, so that means spring training is starting, and that's good news for us. And it's Happy New Year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So before we get started, it's me, Patrick, uh, hanging out in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Windy, rainy, icy, blah, blah, blah. We all get it. Winter sucks. Meanwhile, out in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, it's the professor, Justin Anderson. Uh, Justin, what's up? It's been a while. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a hot minute since our last episode, and yeah, I've just been it's been a deep freeze out here in the prairies. We've been down in like the minus fifties. My uh, my car battery actually froze, so I need to go buy a new one this weekend when it warms up and replace it, which is super fun. Sounds like the opposite of fun, but. Anyway, um, yeah, can, yeah. Uh, check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. You can check us out on all the major podcasting network possibilities: Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever the replacement of Google Play is now. I don't know what it's called. I'm, I yeah, don't know. I don't think anybody even knows. Whatever it's it's out there. You can check us out. We're there. We're probably on a couple of other fringe things we don't even know about. I don't know <laughs> how it works exactly. But uh, thanks for taking the time to check us out. Viewership is going strong. We want to start off uh, the 2021 MLB season strong. So we're going to talk a little bit about re- uh, reporting. We're going to talk about a uh, certain infamous left fielder who is no longer with the team. We're going to talk rotation. Justin, you're driving this bus, so uh, lead us off, man. What are we talking about? All aboard. If we go below a certain speed, the bomb will blow up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching some Keanu Reeves movies on the weekend, so speed was definitely one of them. Uh, Derek Fisher era. The Derek Fisher era, Patrick, is over. One of the greatest Blue Jays of all time who slashed 177, 295, 395 with us is gone. Uh, The most memorable moment for Derek Fisher, probably when he took that fly ball of a face in Baltimore. It's the only moment I actually remember. I think he had a two-home run game at some point, but who remembers? Um, The Jays had placed him on uh, on waivers. They DFA'd him last week. Uh, And the Brewers, who seemed to pick up all of our sloppy seconds, like Justin Smoke and Daniel Vogelbach, uh, also came in and swooped up Derek Fisher for cash considerations and a player to be named later. Um, so I guess this means really the Jays won the Derek Fisher trade because not only did we dump Aaron Sanchez, who didn't pitch at all in 2020, and also Joe Biagini, who was awful in all 19 innings he pitched for the Astros, um, but then we also flipped an awful outfielder for some cash and a player to be named later. So really... I think in a poo-poo trade, uh, the Jays still won. Uh, what are your thoughts on Derek Fisher being a new brewer? I actually, I never had a problem with Yeah, I hope Derek he does well. Fisher. Honestly, I hope same, he figures it out. We never, we, 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 we never want the, we never want a guy to like fizzle out, but at the same time, he just didn't fit with us. So happy yeah. trails. Same with Daniel Vogelbach and same with, uh, same with Justin Smoke. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they enjoy their time in the sun and then they, you know, players move on. It's, it all happens very quickly. Uh, with Fisher in particular, I always thought that he was capable of more than what he was actually producing. 
we saw flashes of it like and yeah, they were yeah. very brief flashes of it um in 2019 um yes his batting average was very poor that is uh not very defensible uh but the guy actually does have a decent eye at the plate and he has power plus upside and yeah, yeah. he just I don't know for whatever reason he just can't handle the MLB stuff. Um, I don't remember whether or not he ever had any time in the minor leagues uh, in 2019 or not. Um, no, because he yeah. he didn't break into the big leagues until his age 23 season, so he was already out of options by the time he debuted with Houston. So uh, he's okay. he's so, doesn't have any minor league games on the. <clears throat> Um, well, actually, never mind. I'm, I'm lying. He was out of options after 2019. He did debut with Houston there. Okay. I was looking at baseball reference, and I forget that they don't automatically show minors. I had to actually select it. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah. With him, like, the the, the, the main knock I, I, I would say that, that anybody would have against him was that he was just not a very good fielder. He wasn't he consistent. Had, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, it watching him take the ball off of base. That's uh, tough in 2019 that was the only error that he committed or no it was one of two errors that he committed in left field because uh, that's where he was when it happened if i recall correctly he was in right field i believe was he in right field okay yeah i'm pretty anyway, sure anyway he's he's not exactly like some error prone buffoon it's just he has a limited number of innings because he's a replacement player that comes in late innings um i get what ross atkins uh saw in him uh, unfortunately, he was never able to put it together, and he was just uh, such a overwhelmingly negative value player because he he was just he couldn't be trusted uh, in the outfield. Mm-hmm. His OPS actually in 2020 was 811, uh, but his WAR was negative 0.4. So like obviously he committed some pretty egregious <laughs> errors uh, that that impacted his his value, um, but. Yeah, I get. I mean, it's too. It's it'd be so easy for us to just, you know, shank this guy on the way out of town. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it because. No. Uh, I mean. I, uh, yeah, I just don't. He hit two twenty six and thirty one at bats in twenty twenty. His OBP was three fifty nine. So he was starting to figure something out. I'm just not sure what it was. Yeah. Again, I mean, when when you look at our 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 roster. Um, the Jays decide to go with Jonathan Davis as the fifth outfielder because of his defense over a guy like Derek Fisher who hadn't figured it out offensively and wasn't great defensively. At least with Jonathan Davis, you know what you're going to get. He's going to show flashes of extra base power, but always play great defense, whereas Fisher is a guy who has a career 194 MLB average in 400 at-bats. So... Um, even Jonathan Davis has a higher batting average than that so far in his big league career. So it's the Jays took the better of the two, the two fifth spot outfielders and yeah, Derek Fisher, unfortunately just ran out of roster room. Um, moving on, obviously we mentioned that pitchers and catchers are reporting tomorrow. So that, that means that, uh, our rotation will enter spring training, missing a bona fide number two slash three starting pitcher as of right now. Robbie Ray and Nate Pearson are our number two, three. Put the order that you'd like. And then obviously the guys like Roark and, and Stripling and, and Mats and Thornton and Kay are, are dueling for the four or five spots. 
Um, yikes, first of all. Uh, but there are still some free agents available. We have former Blue Jay Taiwan Walker, uh, Jake Odorizzi as the top two on the market. Uh, older players like Cole Hamels, uh, Tommy Malone, Gio Gonzalez, some guys who have been around for a while. Jeff Samarja is out there. Rick Porcello is another name that I've heard in rumors. It seems like Odorizzi and, and Walker are the two most sought after. Uh, Odorizzi is 31 and Taiwan Walker is only 28. Um, Taiwan Walker has like a 248 ERA in his last like 40 plus starts or something. So he's been really good recently. Um, so, and I, but I think the problem for him is that he's looking for a multi-year deal, probably valued around 10 million per and that's tough to get right now. We've seen this this whole offseason, a lot of guys settling. Like Paxton went back to Seattle for one year, eight and a half million with enough incentives to get him to, to 10, I think, if he hits them all. So it's, it's, it's really tough for guys to get that contract they're looking for. I think by holding out, these two guys are hoping that teams are going to get desperate and pay them what they what they think that they, they probably are worth, to be honest. But in, in the current baseball economy, they're going to have a hard time getting what they're looking for. Are you looking at those two guys as the as the top two options for us, Patrick? Man, this is a tough situation because, like, I figured we would have signed one of them by now. Yeah. And for weeks and weeks, I was like, "Let's get Taiwan Walker, pay this man his money." Um, and I've seen some stuff on on Reddit, which take it for what it is, uh, <laughs> has kind of talked a little, gone in a little bit of detail about Taiwan Walker's advanced metrics, yeah, uh, and what his capabilities are, and he does project out to be a solid number four starter. Yeah, his XFIP is alarming. Yeah, uh, we already have like uh, six of those on the on the team already, so I don't know. <laughs> Look, if we could get Taiwan Walker one year, $10 million, yeah, just do it. Get it done, and then we can move on. Um, yeah. It's the last piece of the puzzle. Um, yeah, it would have been great if we had gotten a little more utility help in the infield, but we signed Joe Panic, uh, and he's likely to be our 26th guy uh, if he makes the team, which he probably will. And if he doesn't, then that means Santiago Espinal has ascended. Uh, to the level I expected him to last year. Uh, but getting back to the rotation, if it's not Odorizzi and if it's not Walker, we have a problem. It's got to be a uh, trade at some point, probably. It's got to be a trade because we can't really justify signing one of these older pitchers like Jeff Samarja or uh, Rick Porcello. I think Porcello's 31, right? I guess he's not old. It's just we have to do something as far as in investing in our future, but also using some of the value we have on the team already. They're probably having a very difficult time moving the Randall Grichik uh, contract because he, uh, well, he's a good hitter. Um, his, his feeling leaves a lot to be desired. So mm -hmm. it's, I, I get a sense that something has to be coming soon because the current rotation as is just isn't good enough to make it to 500. You need more. Yeah. Need more. yeah. I mean, today Fangraphs put out their projected postseason odds and the Jays are <laughs> at 50. There's also a really funny one where they put everybody at 100 except for Baltimore, who's still at zero. So Baltimore is the only team who has a 0% chance at playoffs, according to Fangraphs, which is probably true. Uh, the Jays are pro projected at 53.6%. 
the Red Sox at 47, the Rays at 18.6, which I think is low because it's the Rays. They're going to find a way. And the Yankees are at 91.6%, the highest in the American League. The highest overall, the Dodgers at 96.7, and also in the NL West, the uh, Padres at 92.9%. Um, right now, the way the Jays roster stacks up, those are probably pretty pretty good odds, uh, pretty fair. That's the uh, the the fifth uh, yeah the fifth highest odds in the American League, which would put them outside of, or in the wild card game against the White Sox if these odds work out exactly as is. So the Jays really need to add that that other starter. Um, every win projection projection system has them around eighty five wins, which is likely not enough to be honest. You need about ninety wins to even sniff that second wild card spot in this in this day and age. Especially especially since we are not getting expanded playoffs this year. The union did not um or did not uh, go for that when MLB proposed it. So we're back to the old school way of of one play in wild card game and then three division winners getting in. So it's it's gonna be tough. Um does one rotation pitcher make our chances go up significantly or just a little bit? Yes, because if you think of it, even if they're a three-war pitcher, yeah, uh, going from eighty-five to eighty-eight gets you a lot closer. I don't. I think. I think it's gonna be higher than ninety. I understand the way the projections work. Yeah, I. I think it's ninety-six is for sure. Will get you into the playoffs. Uh, I mean, you either win your division or you're in the wild card, right? Or you're out. Yeah. There's not any wiggle room like there was last year. Um, For sure. The thing for the Jays is they're going to have to play well against the East because we're back to a regular schedule, right? So we're going to have... We have to have to to beat up on Tampa Bay and on Baltimore, especially on Baltimore. You can't afford to get swept by those teams. You can't even afford to lose a series to those teams because those are wins you have to have against those bottom-feeding lottery... Uh, yep. first overall pick teams right you have to you have to win you've got to take advantage of any games against texas and detroit and seattle because their teams aren't great either um there's really there's no Sorry. series that the jays shouldn't that the jays can lose against those teams they have to win them all basically it's a tall order to ask especially without a bona fide number two in the rotation the offense has to offense i guess <laughs> yeah i mean we're gonna have to win every game 13 to, to 7 or 13 10 to nine or something yeah it's like gonna that. be bonkers yeah. this year um the good news is that we do have a very solid bullpen I, very true what i've seen is that uh there there is a lot of uh, i wouldn't say hype but there you know there's respect still have on, to get on, to them though yeah exactly um I, it is worth saying though. Last year we went uh, six and four against, or four and six against the Yankees. Or, or no, it was we went four and six against Tampa, five and five against the Yankees. We absolutely drummed all over the Orioles, and I yeah. believe we yeah. went uh, at least six and four against the Red Sox. I'm gonna look it up right quick just to be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but. We had a, a strong record against uh, against our AL East uh, jerkwad <laughs> um, opponents. The, the problem is that we still we're gonna have to play the Yankees uh, a billion times, and they you know they threw everything in the kitchen sink at trying to make trades and sign free agents and all that shit. So, um, okay, I have the numbers. 
Uh, our record against the AL East was 22-18. and 18. Uh, We went 8-2 and two against the Orioles, 5-5 five and five against the Red Sox, so worse than what I thought. 5-5 uh, five and five against the Yankees and 4-6 and six against the Rays. So mm-hmm. I imagine that the record will be better this year. Against um, Tampa, as, hopefully. As far as win percentage. Tampa has regressed. Uh, the Red Sox <laughs> have absolutely regressed. Yep. Uh, yeah. The, the Orioles are better than what they were last year, but they're still in the middle of like a heavy, heavy rebuild. Um, and uh, the Yankees, are go- those are going to be slugfests. Uh, we couldn't beat them in New York last season. Um, we trounced all over both them and Baltimore and Buffalo. Uh, our record uh, at home against the Yankees last year was five and two. We need that to continue this year uh, if we want any chance. But we where are we gonna Where are we gonna play though? We have to get into that conversation at yeah. some point. Not this episode, but we're gonna get into that at some point. Um, but we we didn't get a single win at Yankee Stadium last year. Zero and three. Uh, we went no. three and four against the Rays in at the Trop, which is better than most years. <laughs> uh, and we were only four and three at the, against the Green Monster and the Red Sox there in Boston. So like we, if we're gonna do this. You know, we can't just lean on all the freebies we'll get from beating up on Baltimore because, you know, if we if you want to make the wild card, you have to finish at least at least third in your division, um, if not second, uh, unless you want to face, you know, Tampa in the wild card. So, I mean, we got a lot. We got some problems we got to deal with before the season starts. I'm excited, but I mean, it's still Jesus. Yeah. Um, Get on this. Sign, <laughs> sign someone, please, or make a trade. I don't care. Um, next up, we want to do some. I'm calling it some spicy takes because we're gonna make some predictions now uh, on who the Blue Jays MVP, Blue Jays Cy Young, and most improved players will be this season. This is just on our on our team only, of course. Yeah. Patrick Marsh, who is your Blue Jays MVP this year? Uh, hold on one second. I think I did this already on Reddit. Okay. Uh, and, and I want to be consistent, <laughs> mostly. I'm not going to use the exact same list because um, I don't want someone to dox me. <laughs> but um, I thought our MVP, I think our MVP this year is going to be Bo Bichette. If he has a fully healthy season, he will hit above 300. He will hit at least 25 home runs, and he should be able to steal at least that many bases. Okay. Um, he has everything you need to be a superstar in baseball. Uh, as long as uh, Bo is healthy, I, you know, I'm fully in lockstep with the projections that say he'll hit uh, at least 290. I, I'd say he's probably still going to hit 300. I think he'll hit 300. Uh, I think 25 home runs is fair. He's got the power. Um, and yeah, I think he could steal close to 20 if not 30 bases. We, let's just see what he's got. I'm going with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as my MVP. Oh, yeah. I had I was I was considering him for my most improved player, but TBH, if Vladdy becomes most improved, you'd have to hit like 360. So, <laughs> um, which please do it, Vladdy, please. But yeah. seeing the progress that he's made physically this offseason, I and from all accounts what Charlie Montoya has been saying, he's He's under. He understands how serious he has to take this career now, uh, and Vladdy thinks he's gonna he's gonna fight for the third base job. So I mean, if he's coming in determined to to be better, 
good for him. The the more yeah. of that it's mine mentality he can have, I think the better he's going to do. Um, yeah. I think for him, his big improvements are going to be with just consistency at the plate. I just want to see him hammering line drives. I don't care if his launch angle is four, like four degrees. If he's hammering line drives at four degrees, he's going to have a ton of base hits, a ton of doubles. Um, he's not, a, he doesn't need to loft the ball like Teoscar Hernandez, uh, or Denny Jansen do to get it out of the park. He can hit it on a, a five degree rope over the fence. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, keeping it, keeping it with me, I'm going to go do my Cy Young. Now I'm actually going to move to the bullpen. I'm going to say Kirby Yates is our Cy Young award winner. I think he is in line for like an MLB, like comeback player based on the injury that he had last year with his bone spurs in his elbow. Um, but I think that he's going to be like the MVP of our bullpen. If he can get anywhere close, doesn't even have to pitch exactly like he did two years ago or three years ago when he was really good. He just has to be close to where he was. And I think he'll be a really important uh, stabilizing force. He kind of takes me like into the, the, a role Ken Giles would have played on this team had he been healthy last year, more of like a like a, this consistent performer, but also a mentor to a lot of the young players in that pen. I think Kirby Yates can be that guy. Uh, who's yeah. your Cy Young Award winner, Patrick? Uh, I'm going to go with a lazy choice, and I'm going to say that it's going to be uh, Hunjin Ryu. Boo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, probably right. I know, super boring. <laughs> not. I know it's not exciting or whatever. I am not convinced that the Jays will not close by committee this year. Um, I do think Kirby Yates has everything you need to be an elite closer. He's got the gas. He's got extra stuff. And I think we will see something very close to what we saw in 2019 when he was an all-star and was Mm -hmm. top 10 in Cy Young Award votes. That being said, Hwanjin Ryu is still as good as what he was a year ago or two years ago. I just think he, I just think this guy he has and he was what top three in Cy Young votes last year, Hunjin. That's right. Yeah. I think it, he's a lefty that's hard to hit. He does not walk guys, uh, and he doesn't give up home runs. He just Rio just has everything you need to be an ace. He's 100%. gonna turn thirty four before the season starts. Doesn't matter. He's got everything you need to be uh, great. And he absolutely blew the Fangraphs projections out of the water. Um, they Amen. expected his ERA to double. And guess what, guys? It went from 232 to 269. Yeah. That ain't shit in the long uh, or in the grand scheme of things. If we had had a full season, he easily would have cracked 15 games won at least, if not more. The, Ryu is just he's one of the best pitchers in baseball right now uh everybody says it everybody believes it um and I think this could be the best year that he has of his career okay and sticking with you who is your Blue Jays most improved player this year most improved player is gonna I mean I, I, all right, fine. I won't say it's Vladdy. I'm going to say that our most improved player or breakout player is Kevon Biggio. I think that this is the year that he uh, figures out what to do when he doesn't want to swing uh, and when he's up there focusing on a pitch-by-pitch basis. This sounds like bullshit uh, because Biggio already has some of the best eyes. He has the best eyes on the team for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, he might have the best eyes out of everybody in the division aside from Stanton and judge. 
Um, but obviously he's nowhere close on the power level. But I think this is the year that Kavan Biggio hits uh, very close to 300. And, and if he can do that, that means his OBP is going to be north of 380. I may have made the same pick last year, but I'm going to stick with Danny Jansen. Um, yeah, I think I did. I do believe that that now with with a, like a couple, basically like 100 games under his belt, whatever it is in his big league career, he's going to yeah. to have a lot of it figured out. He knows most of the pitching staff now. There aren't too many new faces. He's obviously got to learn Matt's. Uh, he's got to learn um, Yates in the pen, but he knows Ryu. He knows Big Nate from from their time a little bit last year and just being around him through the minor league system and just knowing who he is. He knows Robbie yeah. Ray. He knows Russ Stripling. He knows Anthony Kay. He knows Trent Thornton. He doesn't have to spend as much time learning this year, and I think that's going to allow him to spend a lot more time on his offensive game. His defense is great. There's nothing wrong with Danny defensively. He can improve his throwing of out of base runners, but he's not going to lose us any runs on the like behind the plate. So I think for him, if even if he hits 240 this year, 235, like just hit something respectable. His on-base percentage is always great. If he hits 235, his on-base is going to be damn near 350 probably because the guy can also take walks. So I do think that this is the year that he uh, becomes the, the even the relatively competent offensive catcher that we expected throughout his time in the minors. So yeah, that's our uh, our spicy takes for the Blue Jays award winners. A couple in there, but a couple of predictable ones too. Um, now, the last thing we're going to talk about today before we wrap things up is MLB power rankings. We're just going to list our top five teams. Uh, we're not allowed to give any reasons behind it. We're just going to say who the top five are, uh, and that's going to be it. <laughs> Patrick Marsh, who are your top five? I need a minute right now All right. to figure, figure it out. <laughs> I just, you're sprigging this on me. I just, man, there's just so many good... <laughs> teams in the nl that it's hard not to just like load up the top five well if it makes you feel any better i'll go first okay yeah, uh, you go for, you go first I'm, I'm gonna start at number one okay it's the la dodgers there's there's no way they aren't the number one team mm. they they got better this off season the only players they lost were jock peterson and kiki hernandez and they used them more in utility backup roles anyway they went out and got trevor bauer who joins Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler, and David Price in their rotation. So Trevor Be- or Trevor Bauer is probably their third starter behind Kershaw and Buehler, which is insane. And then you have David Price, number four. Like, I would kill for rotation like that right now. Um, not literally, of course. Just want to point that out. Uh, I think my <laughs> second team right now is still the Yankees. Um, I think that they also got better uh, offensively by, recently, by keeping LeMahieu um, this season or this offseason. And I think a lot of their young players are just going to keep getting better and better too. Uh, I really like Labor Torres for some reason. But um, number three, I'm going to go with the Padres. Uh, if any team loaded up more than them this offseason, I would love to see it. But they went out and got Blake Snell. Um, <laughs> and then not to be outdone, uh, they went out and got uh, Hugh Darvish as well. So they loaded up their rotation. Those two teams, the Dodgers and the Padres, are going to have a huge um fun time in the uh, national league west number four the mets and number five i'm actually going to go to the chicago white Sox. i think people are underrating the white Sox. i think they're gonna have a good season okay i know i give some reasoning but like two sentences (laughs) i am i am but um give me i just need two more seconds because i don't have the same top three as you that's stupid 
So ah. here's what I'm here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you five teams in ra in a random order because I just don't want this to be boring radio. Uh, <laughs> so here you go. Here are the here are the uh, who I think are the five best teams in baseball uh, on paper right now, and who I think are going to definitely all make the playoffs for one. Uh, and for another, I think we are going to see one of these five teams win the World Series this year. Okay. Uh, yeah, the first team I'm going to mention are the Atlanta Braves. I think they are still as good as what they were last year. I think that uh, they are being underestimated. They're in a weak division. Um, the Nationals have taken a huge step back. The Phillies are leaking talent. Uh, the Marlins are hopeless. Uh, which leaves them to compete against the Mets for the division. And as long as uh, the Braves can uh, take the division, which I think they will, um, I see them, you know, having a shot at, you know, a fun little playoff run. Uh, second team I'm going to mention, the San Diego Padres. I think the San Diego Padres are the second best team in Major League Baseball. So unfortunately, they share <laughs> a vision with a team that I think is the best team in baseball, the L.A. Dodgers. Um, the Dodgers, of course, being the Lex Luthor of uh, baseball, while the Padres uh, are still the Superman. Uh, they are not going to be underdogs this year. They are going to wail mercilessly on the Giants, <laughs> the Diamondbacks, and the Rockies, and pretty much anybody hanging out in the NL Central. Um, really, it's just going to come down to w however many games it is uh, the Dodgers play against the Padres. Whoever wins more of those is going to win the division. Because otherwise, both those teams are going to run roughshod all over everybody. The last, uh, or the next team I want to talk about are the much hated New York Yankees. Of course, they're still as good uh, as ever. You know, they've bought a lot of quality talent. They've traded for a lot of quality talent. Uh, they are our nemesis. They, they're still, you know, two to three steps ahead of us. And, you know, if we're going to have any chance uh, here in Toronto to win anything, w you know, we're going to have to beat them yep. more often yep. than they beat us. And that's just the way it is. Uh, and then the last team I'll mention, because I think I've still got one spot left, you do. is, of course, the New York Mets. Yes, indeed, I picked two teams from the NL East and two teams from the NL West. Uh, I think the National League is way, way uh, stronger in terms of, like, what teams are the best. 100%. Uh, well, if you look at, aside from the NL Central, which, you know, uh, aside from the Pirates, you could just roll a dice and tell me which one's going to win the division. <laughs> um, there's just so much talent on this Mets team. This is the best Mets team in at least oh, 15 years, I think. I think they're better than the teams that were able to crack the World Series. Yeah. The, their, their pitching rotation is uh, very scary up front. I think it's uh, pretty fitting that the weakest pitcher on their uh, rotation is Marcus Stroman. And, you know, whether we like the guy or not, he's still uh, pretty lethal at times. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, congratulations to Kevin Pillar too. Signed yeah, a deal with, I saw with that. the Mets. Uh, so their little uh, Blue Jays reunion there in the NL East. Um, but I just think, I think New York is going to get in on the wild card because I do think Atlanta's going to win the division. But 
if they get any sort of breathing room there in the playoffs, oh, oh my god, R- rolling Degrom every four days. Look what we talked about two years ago, right? With the Nationals, they they rolled Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, and and they and they rolled through the playoffs. You, you, pitching rotations win the World Series. The Dodgers just did it. Um, it's it's how you win is pitching rotation in the playoffs. If you can line up three guys, and they have four guys really, um, yeah. in their rotation, so crazy it's and that's the thing is like if you can't beat if you can't beat Degrom, you gotta face uh cindergard yeah you gotta face thor yeah Uh, if you if you if you can't beat up on thor okay well then who's your number who's the third guy they gotta face who's their third it's not stroman who's the guy before stroman i'm blanking Uh, i don't know either (laughs) anyway i wish i'd done more prep for this but (laughs) <laughs> I knew I knew going into it like the the Mets the thing is like this might be like sacrosanct for me to say this. I actually love the Mets. Um they are it's historically they represent the you know the pain and agony of losing uh the Dodgers and the Giants. Carlos Carrasco, that's who you were trying to think of. Oh Jesus Christ, yeah. Uh, Carrasco is as good as he was in 2016 where uh, he absolutely dominated, uh, and he beat up on the Jays too. Um, but yeah, getting back to the Mets, the Mets, um, they kind of they're kind of like the the historical remnant of the Dodgers and Giants moving from New York to to uh, to California. Yeah, uh, the color, even the colors too. It's Dodger blue and Giant orange combined together to make that iconic New York logo and i don't know i just can't help but have some sort of affinity for them especially since their team was so god awful uh the first like 10 years they existed and then they won the amazing mets there's just so much history there man it's hard not to love uh the mets as like a the perpetual scrappy under <laughs> give me give me oh you know what would be cool is another subway subway series world series I'd be down for that. As long as if the Jays aren't there, then sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's be realistic. A pitching rotations win World Series. The Toronto Blue Jays might be good enough to squeeze into the playoffs. But yeah. unless they make some sort of crazy blockbuster trade in the next two weeks, um, you know, the rotation as is is barely going to be good enough to get us to 500. No disrespect to uh, excited fans. Let's be realistic. Yeah, 100%. Well, with that being said, we're going to wrap things up for today. Uh, again, you can find us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. We're very active again there this season, so stick with us for Jay's news and just memes and random tweets that only say Mike Trout. Uh, we are also on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Leave us a review. Send us your questions. If you think that we are out to lunch with our, our MVP and Cy Young uh, <laughs> most improved picks, let us know. If there's a team that, or a player that we're forgetting about uh, for power rankings or for signing or trading, let us know too. If you just want to tell us that we suck, feel free. Our DMs are open. For Patrick, it's Justin out here in Saskatoon saying see you next time. Uh-huh.